Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, May 20th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I'm sure, like you, I have been trying to figure out what the heck is going on in the world and what exactly is it that we're living through. And I happen to believe that history unlearned does, in fact, repeat itself. And while I'm not deeply religious, although I am spiritual, I don't take the Bible literally, but I do take it as instructive. And I think there are stories, if they're nothing more than that, in the Bible that are very helpful and are there to teach us broad lessons and give us parameters and give us insight into what human behavior unchecked can create, or at least what the lowest form of our own souls is capable of producing in the physical world. So having said that, I was asking myself in the last couple of days, where's the instruction in the Bible about what we're living through right now? And very quickly, my mind went to the Tower of Babel. So I want to look at that for a minute, and I want to relate it to what's happening to us now, because I think there's really important instruction here for us. And for us to overlook it or to diminish it or to dismiss it is reckless, and probably we're going to do that at our own peril. Nimrod is a name you may have heard. He was a king. He established a huge kingdom, which included, among other things, Babel, the city of Babel. It was in the land of Shinar, and it's where the story of Babel obviously comes from. He was a conquering warrior and a tyrant. He's actually believed to be the first person to have ever worn a crown because he was so concerned with elevating his own name and broadcasting or exhibiting his own strength and power that that attitude of his is probably best seen as coming to fruition, I guess I would say, in the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis. I think it's chapter 11. I'm not a chapter and verse kind of person, but in doing my research for this podcast, I believe it was chapter 11 in Genesis. There is a rabbi in the 19th century who made a really interesting analysis and observation about the Tower of Babel story. And I want to go through the rabbi's observation, but I also want to go through the Tower of Babel. So let me start with Nimrod and let me then talk about what he did and then what the rabbi's interpretation is. So as I explained, Nimrod was a warrior, he was a tyrant, etc. The Torah describes him as a great hunter. But the great hunter doesn't just mean that he hunted animals. He hunted people. He hunted people because he perceived others who were weaker than he was and felt it was his right to take them out. So he was the person 
who threw Abraham into the furnace. If you know the story of Nimrod and Abor of Abraham being thrown into the furnace and surviving it, it was Nimrod who had him thrown into, I think it was actually Nimrod who threw him into the furnace. Why? Because Abraham was the antithesis of what Nimrod stood for. Abraham said that no human being was a god that you had to be caring and you had to be hospitable to all people and that you were not to be domineering. And he rejected everything that Nimrod stood for. So Nimrod obviously had no choice but to kill him as he thought was his sort of duty and his right. That kind of attitude has always been the method, the attitude and the method of tyrants. Whether communism, socialism, Marxism, national socialism, which was the Nazi party, dealing with the opposition through force, through military, through police, oppression, and through concentration camps. This is the behavior. This is tyrannical behavior. And there's instruction about this in the Bible. So what's the instruction? Well, Abraham survived. He survived the furnace. So what was it about Abraham? What is it that the message is trying to convey to us that Abraham was able to survive a burning furnace? And the answer is that the miracle of Abraham's survival is the miracle of the human spirit. It's that ideas cannot be crushed. So let me now interject what this 19th century rabbi, whose name was Rabbi Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, said about the story of Babel, particularly about the Tower of Babel. He said that the people of that kingdom were the first real social engineers, and they were hoping to create, this is going to sound familiar, a utopian society where everyone lived as one. In particular, they feared that if people would settle on their own, like in colonies and towns, then they also would develop their own cultures and their unique modes of living. And Nimrod wanted everyone to live in one controlled environment where he and others in control would be able to make sure that all the people under his control remained homogenous. The tower that they built served as a base around which all people of the, quote, planned colony would settle. No one would be able to leave the immediate environment of the tower. However, there was a problem with the plan. And the problem was that it was the first step in human history toward a tyrannical state where no individual expressions would be allowed. That must really sound familiar because... That's where we are. You know, the spark that drove that technological development in the 450 years after the period of the flood, after the, the time of Noah, until the time of Nimrod, the great technology, they had technological breakthroughs that were unheard of before. They had learned to make bricks. They used them to invent ways to build tall buildings. It was a new industry and it created new technological opportunities. The divine spark of div the divinity that was in humans, that God put in humans, assuming you believe in God, let's just say you don't and you just believe in some 
origin creator, whatever that is without calling it a God, that spark of divinity of that original creator that was put into every human being, that was put into Adam and everyone who flowed therefrom, was in fact imagination, creativity, just like divine creation, humans were imbued with creativity. And it's that creativity, that spark of Abraham, of the human spirit that would not be crushed, that could not be put out, that did not die in the fire, that was not destroyed, that spark remained. That Tower of Babel became symbolic of the human drive for bigger and better technology to the point where people of that time believed that they were challenging God, also from Genesis. And what was the punishment or the consequence, let's say, forget punishment, what was the consequence of their behavior? They were split into separate groups, separate nations that spoke separate languages so that they could not understand one another, so that they could not unite and in their egotistical arrogance, attempt to bypass, to supersede actually, or to rise to the level of their creator. So now let me bring us forward. The world that Abraham was born into was much like the world we're living in now. It was corrupt and it was on the verge of self-implosion. The turning point for civilization at that time was embodied in one human being, and that human being was Abraham, because without him, the world would have continued down that path of egotistical arrogance, of corruption and self-implosion, of unrestrained paganism, of technology and imperialism. So the lesson was that the moral restraint that is the legacy that was provided by Abraham is what is necessary for us to exist and to prosper as a species. That moral restraint is what is embodied in what we call Judeo-Christian values. And that is exactly what is absent from every form of tyranny from socialism, from Marxism, from communism, and now from wokeism, from wokeism. There is no moral restraint. There is no restraint at all. And what is also consistent with the time of the Tower of Babel and what Nimrod was trying to impose was that the individual has to comply the individual has to follow a tyrannical, mandated path of behavior. Get the jab. Let the borders be open. Let us control the financial situation. You just go along. Go along to get along. Go along to be part of the whole. Go along because we are a collective. Individualism is seen as, well, it's seen as domestic terrorism, actually. Thinking for yourself has made you a domestic terrorist in the eyes of our tyrannical administration that now rules us. And I don't just blame the government because, as I say in every episode, this is a tripartite. This is government, tech, and the financial industry. This is all three. And maybe you add the healthcare industry. But basically, I think it's safe to say it's government, tech, and financial, big business. 
We human beings learn from trial and error. It's why falling down is not the worst thing that can happen to you because you learn how to get up. You know, what is that expression? It doesn't matter how many times you fall down as long as you get up one time more than you fell. But we also learn from the divine inspiration that lies within us. But it's also up to us to listen to that divine inspiration, to believe that it's there, to allow it to emerge, and then to follow it. That divine inspiration inside of us is imagination. It's that spark of creativity that is in each one of us. It's why I always say everyone needs a creative outlet. I don't care what it is. There's almost an infinite number of ways to be creative. Some are in music, some is in art, some is in literature, some is in gardening. It goes on and on and on, but find your way. Because the divinity within you is creative energy. When it's misused, it's abusive. That's what porn is. That's what addiction to porn is. It's misused creative energy. Because if you think about the creative energy of sex, it's meant to reproduce. That's what that creativity is all about. It's the closest thing we probably do in coming to the original creation of, of life. But there are gradations along the spectrum of creativity, and I named some of them just a minute ago. It's up to all of us to be able to find that within ourselves because we are most in touch with our divinity when we are creating. That miracle within the human spirit that ideas can't be crushed, that Abraham survived the fire that attempted to put out the spark within him which was his sense of his own inner voice to follow his own guidance. That's why they're out to destroy Elon Musk. The more I think about him, episodes ago, I talked about how at first I thought he was John Galt from Atlas Shrugged, Ayn Rand's book. But he's human, he's got his failings, but still, with each day and each week that passes by, when I look at what they're trying to do to Elon Musk, more and more, I believe he is some sort of representation of that divinity within us. Why? He thinks for himself. He uses that divine spark. He uses his imagination. In his businesses, he won't comply. He won't unionize. And his businesses, the businesses that he's, he started, this guy he's in, I don't even, what is he, in his 40s maybe? X.com became PayPal. Then he founded Zip2. Then uh, I think it was Tesla. Then it was this company called the Boring Company, which is an infrastructure and tunnel construction company that he created to relieve traffic jams. And he thought about it sitting in traffic in Los Angeles, how there has to be a better way. Again, that divine inspiration of creativity. Then, of course, SpaceX. And Starlink, that system of satellite transmission that he has created by our own Pentagon, by our own military's admission, has outperformed us in Ukraine in identifying and in intercepting Russian incoming missiles. When he announced his bid to buy Twitter, it was more than the tyrannical triumvirate could tolerate. Almost immediately, the Justice Department began investigating him. I think they announced the intention to open investigations into him the day after he made his bid for Twitter. 
Now, in the last 48 hours, there's a very questionable sexual harassment claim against him that is not only six years old, but has been made public by a left-leaning actress in Hollywood who is a friend of the woman with whom there was, I think, a $250,000 settlement for an alleged sexual improper behavior by Musk six years ago. And he's so infuriated by the lie of what is being implied or said about that alleged event and the fact that he settled for $250,000. And by the way, famous people often settle. Rich people often settle because they know it's a long, costly battle to go the distance and it's more annoyance than anything else. It has nothing to do with guilt or innocence. This person so infuriates him now because the person can't talk about it. There was a non-disclosure as part of the settlement. So she's had a friend come out and talk about it. And his response, his response is to say, then name something on my body that you would have seen that no one in the public could know about. And you could have only seen it because you allege I was naked and that I approached you. And of course, that's not going to happen because it never happened. And why has this surfaced? Well, it has surfaced for the same reason that he was, the Tesla was just dropped from the S&P 500. Both of these things have happened in the last 72 hours. Why? Because Elon Musk dared to go public and say that although he's never voted Republican in his life, he's always voted Democrat because he believed they were the party of, of the underdog in essence. He's voting Republican this time because the Democrats have become a party of hate. Huh. And so he has to be taken out. How dare he think for himself? How dare he speak out publicly? How dare he not comply? How dare he not bend the knee? How dare he? How dare any of us? The Tower of Babel narrative is incredibly instructive. You don't have to be religious to get the message. It actually gives context to what we're living through now. I have said for at least the last 15 years that what happened to us is that the technological development outpaced the social and spiritual development of humanity in general. And this is where you get when you have ego and technology as the two front horses pulling the rest of the cart. And that's what we have. And that's what they had at the time of Nimrod and the power of Babel. That soul community that they attempted to build and control, that totally subjugated and controlled environment around the Tower of Babel is the one world government that they're trying to create right now, the one world order. Next week, they're all meeting in Davos, Switzerland, the World Economic Forum, the WHO, the World Bank. They're all going to be there because they're all charting the future that you and I allegedly, according to them, have no say over. If our ethical, moral, and spiritual selves do not catch up with the technology, we are as doomed as the people in the story of the Tower of Babel. If we don't stand up and say no to these tyrannical, power-hungry, greedy leaders from a multitude of world countries, 
with probably the United States being at the top of the list, because if you listen to my last podcast, you know that it is the Biden administration that is sending the amendments to the WHO to vote on next week that will take away our sovereignty over health care in the United States and will take away your sovereignty and my sovereignty over our bodies when they have the leak for the next pandemic which they're projecting will be fall and winter of 2022-23. If we don't do all of the above, wake up, act up, speak up, stand up, if we don't do all of those, maybe this time, because it will not have been the first time that we made this same mistake, maybe this time the consequence is going to be much worse than merely having our ability to communicate with one another confounded. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.